Good morning, people of the internet. You're listening to Debbie Radio 79.5 FM, a podcast where we discuss the movie Gross Point Blank one minute at a time. I am your co-host, you, David. And I'm your other co-host, Dev Sodega. And on today's show, we're going to be looking at Minute 52. Joining us on today's show and all of this week, we have Mike of the podcast listening to Paint Dry. Welcome, Mike. Hello. Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Been good so far. Let's see uh, what you make of the rest of the week. Because some you know, crazy avenues. But uh, yeah, we left things off with Martin and Debbie standing in the middle of the road outside the radio sh- station she works at, having had a semi-romantic evening, shall we say, at the Hippo Club, interrupted by drunk uh, acquaintances, and Martin having a tete-a-tete in the bathroom with the NSA. <laughs> Just, but now, just how every date needs to go exactly right there needs to be some somebody some guy on your shoulder annoying you these days yeah. it'd just be on your phone right it'd be your mates going hey how's it going what's going on um yeah. but yeah this is where we're at so mike how did you first discover this film this was i think a uh blockbuster rental i think i don't i, I don't we talked about it, our first attempt, and I'm trying to. I don't think I saw this in the theater. I think this was a blockbuster find. Um, you know, one week later, my age, I did, don't, you know, <laughs> I'm old, forgive me. But yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I'm pretty confident we found it in a blockbuster, and it was like in, a, you know, when you would go in and grab three or four movies for the weekend. And uh, this was definitely, I believe, one of those and uh, enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I, it had been a long time since I viewed it, so I came back to it, watched it uh, a couple weeks ago, and then have been, you know, looked at the minute by minute analysis. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and you know, Kuzak. Uh, well, I'm not a huge Kuzak fan, and and you know, I, we mentioned before that uh, um, my favorite Kuzak movie is Better Off Dead. Mm. Um, mm. And, uh, but this is good. This is, I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed the interactions. Uh, I kind of like this is a bit of a different character for him. Um, and so, uh, it's nice to seeing him in more of a serious role as opposed to, you know, being chased by a paper boy for $2. <laughs> Yeah. I do think it's only interesting that it's his first production as a producer, you know, as a producer. This is clearly a, one of the, you know, he envisions envisions himself this way, right? You yes. know, I I always find that interesting when 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 actors become producers, whether or not they want they're doing it so they can have interesting projects that stretch them, or whether they're also doing it because they want to actually be a bit more them on screen. Shall we say if they've gotten into a rut or people are casting them as the same sort of character? Or yeah. You think they have a mirror conversation with themselves? And say, hey, hey, that you delivered that line poorly. You need to go back and redo that. You know, <laughs> I know that's more director, but you know. I mean, now we're getting into the realms of: Are you talking to me? I don't see anyone else around here. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah. it does. It does always feel like we all, we always mention this. People always mention this and. Follow the film that he produced afterwards, High Fidelity, in a similar breath, usually because of the soundtracks. Um, but they're both very, they're both sort of prime Cusack, right? They're like, mm-hmm. that's how yeah. both of these films are how a lot of us remember him, think of him, 
who came to him in the 90s as opposed to those people who first saw him in the 80s you know yeah yeah um so in this minute we kind of have this like somewhat resolution on the date um and i feel like like a lot shifts here i think it feels like debbie kind of wakes up a little bit and is suddenly a little bit more reluctant to actually be involved with martin again um you know she starts asking the mrs mysterio question which you would have assumed would have happened like you know an hour ago when they were actually still in the hippo club um but obviously didn't come up then because i think they were still too busy just being enamored with each other mm-hmm. and now she's it feels like she's kind of starting to look for ways out or reasons to to distance um and something about his answers don't really appeal i think the are you happy question is is the really telling one right like he's it, it he he's he's kind of giving the answer that he thinks she wants to hear but it doesn't really have any conviction behind it you think yeah i mean i feel it's really hard because the thing that throws me in this minute is mm. the way she reacts to martin's comment nobody buys american anymore mm. and like i can't quite figure out if it's one of those things where he's he's said this line not really meaning much by it but offending debbie with with it with the sentiment or if she's already like kind of thrown by his answers to previous questions yeah because she she gives a very minimal like minor scoff it's not it's not the response she was giving when he's talking about serving biscuits and gravy Right? Mm. Like it's it's mm. not she's not in on this joke she feels like she's the butt of it and isn't super amused with it see i was wondering if it's putting if it's the one thing he does that reminds her of the sort of people who didn't leave here because it's the kind of we saw him have this comment you know have that comment with um earlier on when he was talking to uh piven's character and i just feel like i imagine she's probably heard this you know, days, years at this point where she lives. Yeah, but uh, she's not alone, is she? Right? Piven's driving a Beamer. Bobby Bob right. is, is a Beamer dealership. Like, nobody is buying American anymore. No, exactly. Like, but the, the point is, I feel that like the only person who would comment on it is the guy that's not been around to see what's happened here. True. But that's the thing, isn't it? Him saying it is a reminder, then, isn't it? Then, then, yeah. then okay, it works in a different way, but it still works in the sense of it makes him stand out and it's the reminder to her that he's not been here. Yeah. I guess yeah, that's in true. that case, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and, and Dev, I think you bring up an interesting point too, right? That, so we see in a lot of modern, uh, I film, I like films and TVs and stuff, characters that are the main protagonist that don't have good social skills don't like kind of operate in kind of almost, I don't want to say black, uh, black and white, but near black and white type things. And so his answers follow along, you know, you can go through the list. You can go through the, the lead character from the bones TV show, the female who mm-hmm. doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, and like numbers had the, you know, there was a whole show about a group of autistic geniuses, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I feel like that, um, 
his answers and the way he answers are probably more revealing to her than he is hoping they are. Right. Too. It's you the text I mean? moment. Yeah. He's, he's giving the answer expected, not the right, not his honest answer. Yeah. Right. Mm. And his delivery is somewhat, I don't know. It doesn't, there's, yeah. you're right. There's no conviction to it. It's like, yeah. Hey, let me look through my database and this is what I'm supposed to say, given X question. And this is what I'm going to do. And so, while he may not necessarily fully be one of those type of characters that is borderline yeah. on the spectrum. Yeah. He's got some of those type of characteristics given the nature of his job that he has to kind of behave that way to a degree too. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. I, I think oh, that's yeah. right. And then, and then that plays into Hugh's point, right? Because that, mm -hmm. that last comment then becomes the hail Mary pass. Like he sees her walking away. He sees that he, he kind of missed on that score mm, mm. and it's the like what is the phrase that everybody uses like what's that thing that i can inject here that will make me seem normal again and, <laughs> and it doesn't work either yeah. right right because that's to me that's isn't that what it's all about right is his goal is to try to convince her that he is normal and but she even at the beginning of it you know, it, it, like, I don't know, the, the, he's got a long uphill battle for sure. And so, yeah, yeah. Her, and they, and it, this is definitely a roller coaster situation, right? It seems like it's, they're lovey-dovey in the club. They've got kind of a good vibe going on um, outside the club, however. And maybe, maybe there's some deeper meaning inside the club, outside the club going on as well. Yeah. Um, that is, I mean, uh, yeah, he's ahead. also just had to reframe himself in a business mentality, right? Because he's just confronted the NSA agents. Right. He's like, I think there may have been a bit of a, a change in his behavior off the back of that as well. Yeah. But also he didn't sort of, you know, he, he, he deliberately made sure that once they were interrupted, that person interrupting him becomes, you know, he moves things over towards her so that he doesn't have to answer the questions Debbie's been posing. You know, it's it's it, it's ended in a humorous and yet deliberately unsatisfactory way because he's chosen to end it that way. And then, as you say, his mood then changes. Um, and yeah. what and she is smart enough to notice both of these things. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's right. got a good radar for this stuff. Do we want to do we want to speak to uh, the best five seconds of this minute right at um, the end? Go on. <laughs> Marcella waking up to the phone ringing <laughs> in my favorite office space that I want to be a realtor for, apparently. <laughs> Just this sudden jerk awake. And she sat at Martin's desk. She's not sat at yeah, her desk. Yeah, not at her desk, yeah. And and it's got all of the classic, classic film noir lighting going on, like mm -hmm. to the nth degree, because it's obviously late at night. Although it actually probably isn't all that late at night, because she's on the west coast so it's going to be like seven or eight o'clock maybe um but she's like clearly fallen asleep in the office waiting for a callback that she was expecting or something i guess mm. uh, and she just has this perfect like jump start awake that <laughs> is is it's so perfect yeah and it's also one of those things where you kind of is again you know it's, it's bringing us back to a reminder of the the other plot you know switching back from rom-com yeah. to to, to the thriller aspect um yeah and also i like the idea that she's just never leaves the office she's just always there 
and 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 that's definitely the point, right? I think I think you'd lose a lot of this character if um, if Marcella actually, if you ever saw her outside of the office, because he never do. It's the only place she ever exists yeah. is in that office. And the last oh, time we she... see her is is her taking it down. Not to spoil anything, but you know, even then she's still in the office. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's it's, it's... Yeah, she exists there. Yeah. Out, God only knows what she would do when she's not there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I can imagine her like being really, really cutting at like a family dinner or something, and then suddenly like losing it completely and yelling at her sister, you know, or something like that. Like, like dangerously so, you know, yeah. while, while she's still got the knife in her hand from chopping something up in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> But yeah, no, it is it is a nice moment to kind of where this minute comes to a hold. And as you say, the lighting is perfection. It that really scene is. could be out of like eighties Mike Hammer or you know, sixties you name it, you can take your pick, right? And yeah. Turn t- yeah. T- turn turn the turn the colour down and boom, we're into the fifties. It feels like that long game, right? Like the 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 whole point that the radio station has a bunch of neon lights is just so that you can get this scene. And yeah. have, have this Contrast. scene's lighting. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And it's also that idea. I mean, again, we're talking about like imagined realities. There's a sense of uh, LA and the office being, you know, the LA of noir times and crime fiction and, 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 and you know, little old gross points is, you know, small town Midwest USA, right? And it's yeah. Just, the lighting yeah. literally sets it up as much yeah. as anything. We do get evidence in this minute that the radio station is not, in fact, a one-man show, which I thought No, was, you can see someone in, nice. in the background. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, cool. Little touches like that bring everything to life properly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not completely empty as a street. <laughs> you do wonder how late it is, though, if it's that empty. But anyway, I don't know. Small towns, man. I mean, I get the impression it's kind of like 10 o'clock, maybe. You know, like... Mm. Late enough that the bar is probably the only thing open. The radio station obviously probably, you know, broadcasts until like midnight, 1 a.m. or something. Mm, so mm. this was Minute 52 of the Gross Point Blank <laughs> podcast, Debbie Radio 79.5 FM, featuring your host, co-writers, co-producers, myself, Dev Sodiger, and my buddy, Hugh David. Today's guest was Mike of the Listening to Paint Dry podcast. Mike, where can people find you online? Thank you guys for having me. Uh, yeah, listening to Paint Try is a podcast about the art and hobby of miniature painting. We are uh, on uh, all podcast platforms, and you can find us on Instagram at Listening to Paint Try, as well as on Facebook and on X at Dry Listening. I know it's a great name, isn't it? Dry Listening. <laughs> I love it. It's great. So uh, you can also find us at all good podcast players, as well as YouTube, X, and Spotify. In all cases, our handle is at Debbie Radio, D E B I Radio. We are also uh, we also have our own website. You can come there and visit debbyradio.com. Once more, as with all of those, it is D E B I Radio. And if you want to talk with us or share your thoughts on the film or films in general, uh, you can join us on our Facebook listeners group, which is Debbie Radio seventy nine point five FM Fan Club. Sure was clear that all of this was new. Concentrating hard like a little girl. Smoking for the first time